This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 578 with guest Marv B., recorded on July 20th, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorites tech gadgets that find their way into your home, news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a warm, but not as warm as where Marv is at, uh, Bellevue, Nebraska, and of course, we post the show with world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Big thanks to Aaron Lawrence, who joined us last week. There's some, some great reviews and some great links and some great stuff there. She always does a nice job. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I tagged on about 20 minutes worth of updates of my own after Aaron left. So if you missed that last week, maybe I I said with that, we'll say goodbye, everybody. And you turned it off. There's some more. I left some bonus content on there. I wanted to see if anybody caught up. Neil, thanks for your note. He said Aaron's is his favorite. And I know uh, she's a lot of people's favorites. And so Aaron, thanks for coming on. Always appreciate it. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. If you're finding value in the podcast and you want to give back, you can join the Patreon team. Do that over the averageguy.tv slash Patreon. Uh, Marv, you've had Aaron on the show, your show before, right? Well, yeah, she was on was she was on just actually a couple of weeks ago for the second time. I had her on for I do a Thanksgiving uh show, basically the you know, pre-sales, yeah. you know, Thanksgiving Black special, Black Friday. Friday. And then I had her on and we were trying to do something like a Christmas in July. Sort of a thing, but it turned out to be right before Amazon Prime Day. So we went on live on July 7th. Yeah. So she was on. And of course, you know, tons of fans of Aaron watching the show. (laughs) Uh, Marv B, IT Business Podcast at ITBusinessPodcast.com. Did I get all those right? Yep. That was it. Yes. Like it if you not. Are you, you, are you still doing a second one? Are you? thinking of doing a second one what's the status of the second so i'm actually going to be finalizing all of that this weekend okay and we are going to be bringing back so i don't know if i'm going to rename my other show or just simply start a new one and the title that we're kind of leaning towards is uncle mar's unhealthy podcast Oh, I like that. I like it. it. It's going to be basically a podcast about the fact that, listen, just about everything we do now in life is, is unhealthy. Oh, for sure. The way for we sure. eat, the way we, you know, we're so full of stress and we overwork yeah. ourselves. Yeah. So we're going to talk about all the things to fix our unhealthy lives. So wow. I'm going to be talking to people, everything from, of course, you know, food and fitness. We're going to talk to some some mental health experts. We're going to talk about uh work-life balance. We're going to talk about anything mm. that falls into that category. So it's not going to be just one specific thing, but everything that's unhealthy in our life. When will you know if it's going to be its own thing or you're going to retitle? We're going to figure all that out this weekend. This weekend. I, yeah. So I'm going to do that. And then I've okay. got a consulting call. I've got a, a private peer person oh. that I'm going to meet with on Monday to finalize everything. Then I've actually got guests of four guests lined up that are ready to go as soon as we we launch. Nice. Well, good luck with that. Um, and whatever you do, well, I, 
I mean, still go over and listen to the IT business podcast, right? Don't yeah, that's still going to be the flagship. Okay. And then we'll do another show. We'll bring back my uh, my personal show that's actually going to be something along the lines of Uncle Bob's Hollaback podcast. And it'll be just really me reuniting with friends you know, from high school, college, and just a hangout show. If you think for you personally, thinking about well-being and health and healthy things, if you think there's one gadget for you that makes that makes life better for you, makes it easier, makes it more productive from a well-being standpoint, what do you think that is? Gadget? Yeah, gadget, technology, any of those kinds of things. So it's weird because I've actually so I mean I'm I'm still de-gadgetizing my life. <laughs> Why do I have you on the show if you're getting rid of gadgets? Aaron is adding them, but you know, I'm well, so here's what, here's what I think is going to be happening. Yeah. So I've been doing a ton of, you know, YouTube binging and talking about ways that we can make food better. So of course I went on the air fryer kick a couple years ago. So we've got two air fryers at the house. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to talk the wife into another one. That's a little larger one with the double doors, the French yeah. doors yep. where you can actually do, multiple things at a time in there. And I want to simply redo everything we use in the kitchen. Hmm. So I want to go back at one time. We tried to do the little soda gadget thing where you made your own soda. Soda stream. Yeah. Soda stream. Gavin loves those. That's Gavin's favorite. So I don't know if I'm going to go that route. So I want to do that. I want to do something with making better drinks, making better food. Uh, so that's probably where I will focus on is in the kitchen first. Yeah. Although she probably wants to focus on the yard because she wants everything to, to look nice. So we have the electric mower, we have the electric, you know, she said, should say cordless. So we've got cordless for the, for the ego mower, we've got the trimmer, the edger, uh, a pole saw, all of that's the, Mm -hmm. the ego and Ryobi stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see how that contributes to your well-being, but okay. <laughs> you still my gadgets at the house. I mean, that's. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, I was early in the electric mower, you know, Black & Decker put one out that I bought and it, it, it still ran off of a, like a battery you would put, lead acid battery you would put in a lawnmower, you know, like a regular gas one to start right. it. Right. And it had two. I think they ran them in series or parallel one of the two. Yeah. And um in that thing, I mean it was okay, but I remember when I went to replace it, I'm like, these are just regular batteries. Now the they've gotten a lot better. You know, those the the battery technology's got oh, yeah. powerful last longer. Yep. Uh, my mine would last for two years. I could get a full cycle on the lawn for two years. And then I'd start losing yeah. you know, and you'd be like, and if it was thick, game over. You're just you were just kind of screwed. And it wasn't one of those I could take out and put another one in. Like that was the problem. Oh, and it okay. just kind of turned me off. Yeah. It just for the, for the lawnmower. Um, and, and I love what, I love what Joe said. He says at the moment I lives like, he lives like a possum live fast. He trash. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, Jim says live fast. Eat trash. Sounds more like a raccoon than a possum. Does a possum ever do anything fast? I don't, I don't know. Oh. But um, they're they're scavengers for sure. But 
So yeah, I got kind of turned off by the that early entry into the battery mm. or and it just I never got back. I went and bought a gas and I just haven't oh. now it's struggling a little. I've had it for I don't know, six seven. I years. tell you what. So we got an ego when we bought the house, and that was actually 10 years ago. Mm. And it is still running. We have uh we're on our third battery, and the latest battery is the upgraded something called e-arc so it it almost doubled the life of the previous batteries but still fits in there and it runs fantastic yeah gas mowers are terrible like they're bad for the environment they puke i mean they have nothing on them they just belch out stuff and they're just really bad yeah like i mean but (laughs) i I'm having trouble getting rid of my gas. Well, if you need power, gas is still the way to go. I mean, the egos are good now. The newer egos, I've been, I've been looking at them. I've been, I've been waiting for ours to die. I'm thinking about ten years. It should be done about now. And they're really the same price as they were. Still, you can get four hundred, five hundred dollars for a very good mower. So. Well, and then we've talked about this on the show before, uh, you know, do I go robot and for in most of the mowing and then you just buy a cheap, you know, have a cheap mower around for the things it can't reach yeah, you know, or whatever. We're not doing a robot. <laughs> I, I don't know if we can with our yard because we've got too many trees, too many flower beds. We've got a pool in the backyard mm-hmm. and that's really the only place we could use it because of a fence. There's no fence in the front yard. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah, I think you can. The new mowers, you can map. You don't need wires. the The problem is you're spending three grand on them. That's the problem. Yeah. Like it's two to three grand. And uh, you know, Tony says he doesn't think he changed the uh, the oil at all in his John Deere for five years. <laughs> I kept meaning to do it. Yeah, those things will go a while. It, you know, it's not like you. Well, yeah, no, you should you should change them on a more regular basis, but. Yeah. Um, I think I want a couple years on my mower without doing it. And then finally, like, all right, I gotta, I gotta change the oil on this thing. Well, um, sounds like I love the air fryer idea. There's some, that's, that's something we just have not gotten into is an air fryer for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, it's it took a little time and we, you know, the wife has gone through trying all the recipes and we would do, you know, you can do all the regular stuff in there, yeah. but we I've done steaks in the air fryer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that turned out pretty good. But you know your your typical wings and fries, uh, vegetables you can do in there. Uh, there's some some bread concoction thingies you can do. Um, so we're gonna try some more. Yeah, no, it's a good it's a good we we basically have done the same thing just with the oven on convection. You know we we bro- we, we we bake uh, roast is probably the right word. We roast all our veggies in the oven and this it's, it's probably a lot more energy than an air fryer. Yeah. You know, a lot more space, but, but we've so kind of done it. When Aaron was on the show, did you guys talk about the, uh, the smart grill? Mm-mm. No. Well, she was, no. she was, uh, she, she was loving. Me. Yeah. So she got, uh, it's called the Weber Genesis smart grill. Okay. What, what do you remember about it? Well, first of all, it's thirteen hundred bucks. Let's start. <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, but it uh, does all of the stuff that you would think that a regular, 
you know, grill would do, but it comes with probes that will connect to an app oh, yeah. that will tell you when your food is done. Um, and what was the other stuff? I mean, there's, it's, it's just a nice little thing. It's got a very big cooking space. Uh, it's very sturdy and durable. That was one of the things she said, you know, because the grills now, even the grills that are, you know, four or $500 now, they're just, they're cheap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, oh, they've always been, they've always been, they've looked good. You know, grills have always looked good yep. on the purchase. And then if you don't cover them, if you leave, cause you, you know, you leave them outside in a year or two, they're just trash. You know, yep. now I, I bought a Sunbeam in 96. Yeah. 96 that I still have. And I've replaced all the guts, you know, the burner 30 times. <laughs> yeah. That's what we, that's what I've done with ours. We've uh, yeah. replaced the guts a couple of times and I'm thinking, do I really want to do that again? I mean, it wasn't, Right. Horrible. It's like a hundred bucks yeah. to yeah. do it. And then some time. And I'm just like, I have time for a new grill. Yeah. 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 The, but, the other option to think about, you know, both, um, although the solo pits don't do this as well, but there's a few of those new efficiency fire pits right. that have cooking attachments to them, a hot plate, uh, you know, like, uh, I saw one and I forget the name, I forget the name of the grill, but it's got a, a really thick cast iron hot plate that goes around the top and that thing heats up to four or 500 degrees and you can, you know, you have may, maybe more depending on the wood, but you know, you could, you could, you can, it kind of brings back, I know there were some open, you know, some open fire pits, metal ones you could buy that tried to do this, right? They'd have a grate that would come down right. on it and attach to it, right? Whatever. But these these efficiency fire pits, these smokeless, that's really what they are. These smokeless fire pits, they can get so hot and they can, you don't have all the smoke to deal with. They all, it's not a bad cooking, um, you know, good a bad cooking surface to come off of. And so... The solo stove, wasn't that the one? Didn't they do a grate on it? Or was that just truly the, the pit only? I don't know if they've got a if they've got a thick, you know, if they got a grate for theirs or not. I they got so many things. They just bought another company too. They just merged with another company. But I think this is a space where um you know, where if you've got one of those kinds of stoves, they they get hot fast, they're fairly efficient. They burn hot. I mean, they really do burn hot. That's the whole, the whole premise of these things. Um, so that's another. That'd be another option. You can, you know, you can fire them up pretty fast. Cook on those. And I'd never cook on an open fire, like the open fire fire pits. Just was too much. It's just too hard to get going, and all the wood and the coals, and I just never liked that. But it gets a little more efficient with some of these new these new fire pits and there's a bunch of them, right? You've got some options now. It's not just solo. Well, I was trying to talk her into doing like an electric smokeless grill that we could just throw in the patio. Yeah. Because I, you know, I'm thinking for, for her and I to grill, it's a chore to go out to the grill, propane, turn it all on. Even if you do, you know, we've got it to where it's got the five different channels. So I only have to turn on a couple of burners if I want to, but I'm thinking, you know what, just, those electric griddles, you know, or the smokeless grill, I should say, is what they are. 
Yeah. Um, would work just fine, but it's, of course it's electric and she's like, I don't want electric. Yeah. 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 There's some really good, I mean, there's in the, in the grill space, you know, you talk about this Genesis, this Weber Genesis, Yeah, but Traeger and, and, uh, pit boss and some of those, you know, um, there's some re there are some good, uh, there's, there's some great grilling options. You just pay for it. You know, you just pay. Yeah. I, I mean, I've looked the Traeger. I mean, that's more for, you know, if you're going to be doing, you know, barbecue and doing yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. pulled pork and yeah. <laughs> you know, they grill on them. They're, they're pretty good for the smaller ones, like the smaller Traegers. And even I have the Austin XL, the pit boss, Austin XL. You can fire that up. I, I was surprised the other day I wanted to, I was making beef jerky and I wanted to get the frog mats that I use. I wanted to get those heated up and kind of cleaned off at 400 degrees before we get going. So I used to put them on the grill uh, to do that. And then I'd bring them over to the smoker. And this time I just turned the smoker up to 400 and I thought, well, this will take a while. No, <laughs> it actually, it heated up pretty fast. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll do it this way from here. So on. do cool you have me. the Traeger with what is it called? The hopper thing on the side where you put the pellets and you have a pit boss. Okay. Mine's the pit boss brand and it's got a, it's got a 20 pound box on the side. Yeah. For pellets. All right. And the, and are those just the wood pellets for the burning or are they the flavored? No, I do. They're flavored. Okay. Yeah, they, and they do both, right? They do. They provide the heat. If you turn it up, just puts a bunch of them in the firebox. It turns the fan on and that, that, that you get a pretty good flame. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the, the pit boss I bought, I watched Walmart for a deal that to me, they're a good place to get those because they're the same everywhere. You know, and I think I paid three something for mine, three hundred something, which okay. is not bad. All right. So I, I I wonder if Jay's uh, making fun of me if about if a propane grill is too hard to use. It's not that it's too hard to use; it's that it's it's a big grill. Yeah. And for just me and you know the wife, it's usually one steak. Right. And I'm thinking I just don't want to fire up the grill, so we. I, I don't know if I should say this, but we have a George Foreman. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so no. she has that. And I'm thinking we, I want something just a little bit more than a George Foreman, but not a full grill. Yeah. Yeah. No, right on. It's, it's yeah. It just look for something. I mean, they're making, even in these, these smokers, they're making them, they make smaller versions where you can, if you want to use the smoking feature, you can just, it's got a little switch on it, turn it to smoke and it won't heat it up. And if you want to, you know, if you want to turn that thing up to 450 and, and sear a steak, it'll just drop more pellets in Yeah, you know, for you. So not a bad way. I, I, I think the George Foreman's great. We got, we have one of those too. We don't use it very often, but, but, um, uh, Joe thinks they're great. And, uh, Brian Auer says, I find my, my propane hard to use because I do not want to stand in 110 degree heat. Yeah, that, yep. That's the other thing. I know. I know. Mine's in the shade and I like it there. And, um, uh, it works out pretty well. Well, the, hopefully we've we've made you hungry at this point. There's some there's some in the in the fire pit space. There are some really good options now. And uh, every time I have Mark Robson on, he tries to get me to buy a Weber. And I've been looking for like a gas um, um, briquette or you know a charcoal combo 
gas right. on one side. Yeah. And then every time I think about it, I'm like, nah, I'm just going to keep what I got. I'm good. Yeah. So, um, Marv, you've been, um, you've been working on some Synology, uh, uh, projects, putting in some Synology stuff. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, Jim, when you and I first started talking, that's what, two years ago now mm-hmm. where I, I wasn't doing, you know, anything. And I, you tried to hook me on to the Unraid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I tried that and at the time, and I don't know if it does now, but I couldn't use it in a business because I needed Active Directory. I needed, you know, some business stuff. So I went all in on Synology. Yeah. So now, this is how far I've come. I started with the little ones for the backups. I started them with file storage. Uh, I started doing some of my smaller clients uh, with the virtual machines. So now I've got a client where I'm actually ordering. It's the the SA. 3610. So it's a rack mount Synology. And we're ordering it with 192 gigs of RAM and all solid state drives. And I'm going to run two virtual remote desktop servers on it. Say that again. Say that last part again. I'm going to run two virtual remote desktop servers. Oh. So two virtual machines for remote servers for a client yeah yeah and what's the uh, just just business that's just their business need yeah they've uh, yeah they've got uh seven offices and every time we purchase an hp server for them it always ends up being you know 20 20 grand for the hardware right, right. Uh, with the hp stuff loading it up and all of that 10 core processor so i said well let me try this and I can do one Synology for the, you know, or two, uh, two servers on one Synology for the price of two HP servers. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you think about, it, I mean, Synology, we've been talking about Synology since the old days of the home server show. So it's been around a long time. They have certainly, they went from um, the home market. I mean, they really kind of began with these little boxes in the home space yeah. or, in the small business space, uh, you know, adding three to five hard drives at a time and have really grown into the, you know, the big, yeah. into the big backup space. What do you find, what do you find most convenient f- about the Synology? Why do you keep going back to it? Well, I mean, what are the, what, what's so going on you? Right now, you know, the one thing I will say Support has probably been the biggest bugaboo because the businesses are so used to that HP, you know, we do the 24-7, four-hour response. Okay, don't have that with Synology. Right. But with Synology, you get literally everything in a box. So from just simply whether you just want to do file storage, you want to do backup, the backup applications are free and built in. You want to do a synchronization or a snapshot backup, that's built in. Uh, you want to do these apps with virtualization, that's built in. Um, I am using the the uh, VMware, or not the VMware, but the VM Pro. So we're purchasing the Pro version of the license to get a little more beef out of it, but the free versions run just fine. Um, what else are we doing with it? Oh, I, I did a Synology camera system for a client. So I just bought yeah, a regular make, <laughs> Yeah, they make really good, um, from what I hear, they make really good camera boxes. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they're a little more pricey than your your typical you know, you know NVR, DVR, whatever, but right. but they're compatible with almost almost any camera. Yeah, they've done a nice job there for sure. And there's just so many apps that are available inside that it's almost like, well, why would you go anywhere else if you're now I'm not gonna say it's for every business. But for the rack mount systems, even the one that you're showing there, I mean, these are, they're, they're servers. They are real, yeah. Yeah. you know, hardcore servers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I ordered it with the 10G network cards, um, redundant fans and power supplies you see there, and still expandable storage. What, what size drives did you order it with? So this, uh, we're doing uh, 3.84 terabytes. Okay. But we're doing it, so I've got, we're doing RAID 1, so I've got two for the Synology operating system, and that's where I'll run all of the apps, and then I've got two other RAID 1s, 3.84, that will run a virtual machine on each of those spindles. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to do it. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a good... And I, and I still think I'm, you know, I, I bet a lot of the listeners, the home gadget geeks listeners still, you know, there's, there's, I'm sure there's a few out there who still run in Synology backups at home, you know, yeah. as a backup box. I, I, I've, you know, if you followed along here, I back to Unraid uh, trying it again. They just had a most recent upgrade and, and, and CFS um, is there now. And, um, you know, I set it up on the trial and I'm, I don't know, I'm 19 days or 18 days left on the trial and I'm going to pay the 60 bucks to do it. I have four and a half terabytes on there and that's plenty for what I'm going to do. But to, to your point, I mean, boy, an Unraid does a lot, but I think Synology does a lot easier. Yeah, it does. I, they have really done a good job of making the apps super easy to use. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you just you know go to the app store, download it, and you don't really need instructions on how right. to do it. Right. Uh, even the stuff with I did a snapshot replication. So the one client that I just put in a file server in their main office, and they were using a Synology at. So that was in West Palm, and then they've got a Tampa office. Well, we put it in Tampa first because they ran out of space, and I convinced them, let me do a Synology there. So now on the west, on the East Coast in their West Palm office, they're now ready to upgrade that, and they're going to move that West Coast file system over to uh, the Tampa file system over to West Palm. Mm-hmm. So when I put in the new Synology, I set up a snap a snapshot replication. All that stuff came over to West Palm pretty quick. We're talking six terabytes of stuff. It only took a couple of days. All the permissions came over. I mean, it was just really slick, all built in. I didn't have to look for another app. I didn't have to do any special configurations. The Synology, you go to the one, hey, you want to replicate? Okay, where do you want to replicate? Oh, over there? Click, go. Mm-hmm. It was good. Do they recognize each other once you've made the connection between two? Are they pretty good about having awareness of the other one. Yeah. I think all I had to do was put in the, the password, <laughs> mm. to, you know, give it the IP address and yeah. connect yeah. it. And it recognized 
you know, the file manager system and it's literally stuck it in the same situation as the other one. Do you, you think most IT guys could do this? I mean, is it easy enough that yeah. they could? Yeah. 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 I almost went that route again at one point, you know, with, I was a big Drobo guy back in the day, love the Drobo drop dead simple. They, they too tried to make this run for the business market. Never really got there. Lots of problems behind the scenes. They're, they're gone now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I thought Synology, I, I got, um, you know, I, I partnered with these guys over at Moro data and man, they got a really good little cache server, you know, so you keep 700, uh, gig locally. It's a one terabyte box, but you keep 700 local and the rest goes to, uh, the server of your choice for backup, right. wherever that is cloud, right. Type deal. So. You know, I bought some Backblaze B2, super cheap to put it up there. Way more expensive to get it back. Right. I, and and that's gonna, that may come to bite me here and it, because that Moro data box goes down. I mean, it's it's not old, but I've had it now, I don't know, six years maybe, five, six years. I have to go back and look and see when I interviewed those guys on the show. But I've had it a while. Eventually, it's going to fail. Okay, so I build an Unraid box, or in your case, say I buy a Synology. You're in this business, so I'll ask you this question. I'll see what your opinion is on this. Uh, do I, what do I sync? Like, do I continue? You know, I've always had, I've always had files. Some of the files I'm using here, but most of them live in the cloud on in the V2 instance. When I set up the next server, do I pull everything back, or do I just replicate over? You know, the the Unraid or Synology in this case doesn't do that same keep some cache, put the rest up, you know, in B2. It's going to sync between the two. Do I pull everything back so I have a complete set of data or do I just continue to leave what's in B2 there? And if I need it, go get it. I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts? I would say if 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 you don't use that stuff on a regular basis and when I say regular basis, six months, a year, then leave it there and yeah. go get it when you need it. Yeah. Only sync stuff that you're actively using. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I thought I, at one point I'm like, well, I'll get all that data back. And then, you know, as I'm talking to you, I'm like, why, why? And actually I went, as I was doing some stuff this weekend, you know, it's funny how time and data, you know, has a way of like, I, I had some, audio files from podcasts that I did, let's say eight years ago that were a big deal, like four years ago, but right. today you kind of like, yeah, I don't care if they go away. In fact, maybe I want them to go away, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. I'm looking at, so from the standpoint I look at one of the things that has sold me on Synology is the fact that you can upgrade to a box seamlessly yeah. where when it's time to upgrade, you just tell it, Hey, we want to move all this stuff over to this box and you can keep all your settings. And so in the scenario that you're thinking about the stuff that lives in the B2, you know, Synology, if you do a, whatever hyper backup, I can choose Wasabi. I can choose Synology C2. I just leave that there. And when the sync comes over, it proceeds as normal. I don't know if you do that with your Unraid or is your, is your, is your B2 stuff completely separate? 
Uh, it's, well, I think what I would do just to be honest is have a cutoff date, uh, migrate maybe a year's worth of data from, or maybe just migrate the data that's not currently in cache. That's not current, right. That's, that's actually physically there. Get that on the under, cause that's, that's probably data. That's a year old. Okay. Let's just say it could be more, could be less and, uh, migrate that over. And then reset the B2 backup to say, okay, make sure this is there. And then every year, unless I'm sure maybe Unraid's got some services that would help me with this, but it would just keep moving. You know, maybe it moves a year's worth of data at the end of the year or whatever to B2 and deletes it uh, locally. You don't need it. You don't need to be, I mean, and what the cache drive has taught me for the most part is most of that data, I mean, it's podcast stuff. I never, I've ne- I thought I might, but I've never gone back and been like, oh, you know, I need that podcast from, yeah, you so know. Here's the thing. What are you going to do? Go back and clean up an audio from four years ago? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, right. But in the early days of podcasting, I thought maybe I would. And you never do. Like, I've never had a situation where I've wanted to go back. Now, I, I do want to hold on to, I mean, I do want to hold on to them and, storing them in a B2 backup is cheap. I mean, I think I pay, I probably have three and a half terabytes, maybe four now on B2. It's like 12 bucks a month. So super cold storage, very reasonable from a pricing standpoint for 12 bucks a month. Maybe you don't nuke at all. You know, you hold on to some of it or hold on to most of it. Right. Um, Jim Shoemaker says uh, B2 for me is select the highest value stuff like photos, but not DVD rips. Yeah. I wouldn't move DVD rips to, to B2 either. Worst case you could rip them again. I agree with that. Jim's running a QNAP. That's another QNAP is another um, box that a lot of guys want. Brian has QNAP and ESX in his house. Uh, Joe says Jim was always that Drobo guy. Yeah, I was. I love the Drobo. I, I love the dribble. Yeah, well, so I've got a little bit of, I, I've got a little bit, Marv, of some decisions to make. If I, you know, it's not currently, it's not currently broken. Like, you know, so I'm, do I want to set up, here's the thought, like, do I want to be proactive and set up a sync between the Moro data box and the Unraid server for now that keeps, it just keeps that those that data current, right? And then the Moro data box continues to have the B2 relationship to back up. Right. So and, here, here's the question, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like your question really is, are you doing this because you need to or because <laughs> you want to? Is it is it do you just you got an itching for a project? Is that what it is? Because that's what it feels uh, like. Yeah, well, there's a lot of the. I do a lot of that. Let's just be really. Let's just, like I. I need things to talk about for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I do a project for the show. Yeah. I invent some projects. No, it it is a. I mean, from a podcaster standpoint, it is a need. Like, and I, I, I'm finding you know it's always better for me if I'm if I get out ahead of these problems before they become problems. Well, that's yeah, that's always the best the right. best way to go about it. So I'm just trying to be smart about it. I had, you know, I'd had this box when I set up the gaming, when I bought this new gaming rig or new production box, whatever it was going to be here. 
you know, put a bunch of RAM in it, new hard drives, Ryzen 5. I mean, it's a nice box. It'll do a lot. The intention was to move a lot of the services off the old studio PC, turn that into an Unraid box. I just never did it. I mean, I had, I was supposed to do that back in December. I had plans to do it. There's files from December. So, so I what's finally, the new box doing? So, well, what's the new box doing now? Well, yeah. I, I moved, um, oh, I'm playing games on it. <laughs> I watch YouTube videos. <laughs> no, I've set. I have a Windows. I have a Windows VM instance set up on it that I use from time to time. I've got um, it. It does. Uh, I'm gonna at some point. I've got some crypto stuff that I want to move over to it. So it's it's a the the thing is it's it's big and it's available. I okay. can do anything on it. Right. It's one of those. It's the place where the new stuff lands. But the older box I'd always intended to go unraid on, and I just never did. I mean, I, in fact, I went back and looked at some of the downloads from December, and I'd started. I just didn't finish. Well, we got it finished. So it it it's just gotten me thinking, okay, I should be smart about this because I've lost some data before, hmm. and I should be smart about this and and um, set it up in my own time so it makes sense, and then... At some point, that like I said, at some point that box is gonna stop, or I'm not gonna buy it again. So it probably makes sense to have a good migration plan. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Get off my back, Marv. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Well, no, it's helpful to think through. I've got. I mean, I mean, I. Yeah, it's helpful to think through. Talk about it you know, get some things figured out. Cause you got to do that. Like you got to do that with your customers all the time. Right. A- ask those questions like, Hey, how important is this to you? Really? And it's always an inconvenient time for them. You know, when you ask the question, I don't want to deal with that now for sure. But when it's needed, well, you should have been thinking about this. Right. <laughs> like right. I was, I tried to ask you, you know, when it was slow and you didn't need it, Right, um, and it's it's one of those things you got to stay on top of it. And for the clients, actually, it's even more imperative now to be thinking for them and doing stuff, even if they're not ready. Just right. figure out a way, and that's why. So a lot of times, I don't tell my customers how we're doing stuff, but just that we're doing it. So that way, if I need to change the process, I can do it. And they don't know that I've gone through all yeah. the changes. So the best example is backup service. So we're, we started probably about three years ago where we're going to bill you for backup and we'll take care of the appliance. You'll know where your stuff is and you can see it. And some of them I'll actually show how they can go in and grab stuff that they need to. But when it comes time to replace the appliance, that's not something that we have to go to them and ask and talk mm-hmm. about hey it's gonna call that's part of the price yeah that yeah. every you know yeah. three to four years we're going to replace that appliance because your backup is that important right yeah do you do you uh, from a data retention strategy do you have you found like you know i go i go back i can go back to some personal drives and find files from when i first started you know and no do you, do you have any kind of data retention? Our data retention you? for most clients is one year. Okay. Okay. And that's 
you know, really all that they need. From file creation or the last time it was updated or last time it was updated. Okay. Yeah. Now, in theory, most of those clients actually have data longer because we're not taking their old data off because we've got more room for storage. So a lot of them will have data from 10 years still on their server, but the backup, if we had to go and literally grab it from backup, the, the retention is only one year. Right. Yeah, that's one year short. It is. <laughs> it is. But yeah. to do one year retention for businesses on a you know truly reliable basis gets expensive. Yeah. 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 Especially for servers. So one of the one of the services that we're using is Datto. And Datto is the premium backup service. So just to give you an example, we've got a box at a client that is a 12 terabyte box. And my cost is 898 bucks per month mm. to back up that appliance with one year retention. Mm-hmm. Now I can back up as many things as I want to that box. And right now it's only backing up three servers. We're doing, um, we're doing a file, um, an image backup to that. We can actually run the image from that box if the physical server fails. So the client can still be up and running. And then that image backup is kept, you know, for one year in the cloud. Mm-hmm. And we can run it in the cloud if we had to, although it would just be a pain in the butt. But we right, could. right, right, right. So that's their that's their, so I I'm only charging them like eleven hundred bucks. Yeah, per, per month though. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now with Synology, <laughs> I, could, I could do that for half the cost. Yeah, yeah, and that's the pitch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a different service level agreement though at that point if you're going down to a Synology? Uh, so I haven't really done that yet. Okay. That's we're getting ready to. Yeah. And one of the reasons I'm putting this box in is I want to test some things before I present that to the other client. Right. right. And I want to see because I already know that I can do the image backup and I can do a restore. I don't think I can run it from the cloud. Right. So obviously I'm going to have to take that off the table. But to be honest, that was never a consideration for them anyway. Their big thing is if, if our server crashes, how quickly can you get us back up? Mm-hmm. So if I can get them back up with an image from the Synology box in under an hour, you know, that's going to be, that's, that'll be enough. Does that depend on what goes wrong with the physical box? Like, could it get, I mean, could you really do it in an, an, under an hour? If, I mean, are there certain scenarios where oh, we got to order this part? Um, so, the, well, here's the thing. So the, the physical server itself wouldn't be backed up in an hour. What we would try to do is get the virtual machine running in under an hour okay. while we repair the got physical it, server. Right. Okay. So access to that, access to the data looking like it's up and running. Correct. Right. And they may, you know, they may have to run slow for a little bit because the, the Synology box is not going to be as powerful. Right. 
as the physical server, but they will know that. And for the most part, as long as they can work, they can live with it for a day or two. Oh, this, 30, this 3610 has got a, an Intel Xeon 12 core in it. Yeah. So it's, it's no slouch, right? Yeah. But that's going to be running just the virtual servers on them. So yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I could take that image and throw it anywhere and have it back up and running in a few minutes. Yeah. 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 Are you doing, uh, for, for our clients still requesting like individual PC backups? Some are. And what's the scenario there that where it makes sense? Most of it is going to be like your HR manager, your accounting department where they're keeping personal files or financial stuff and they want to keep it local somewhere. Um, you know, somebody that's doing employee reviews, you know, keeping that information local in their PC. So we, we back that up instead of throwing yeah. it on the server. Doesn't like OneDrive fix some of that though, where it's local and I mean, we have certain clients where we can't okay. do that okay. because it opens up the door of the, end user being able to take that data and disappear yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, although there are, there are controls you can put on OneDrive. They're right. just right. cumbersome. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, so it's that balance, right? Convenience, yeah. security. This, it's that balance between the two. Yeah. Goes on. Yeah. Well, it just gets me thinking, you know, every time I go into my, my personal directory and I look at those files from, you know, like 2010, and I'm like, you know, I should delete all of these. And then I select them and I just, this is the hard part. Like, I just can't, it's hard. Like, and it's not like I'm ever going to use them. I haven't used them since, you know, I, I made them back then. Right. But you're like, well, maybe someday I'll want to look through, you know, it's the same thing when my mom passed away, she had kept and hidden from us. We never knew. She had boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of photos that we'd never seen. And we're like, Mom, we would have loved to have shared these with you while you were still here, right? But in the end, so we're going through them. Oh, these are great. You know, we're kind of going through them. So I'm glad she saved them. But then at the end of the night, we're like, okay, who's taking these home? <laughs> yeah. Now that we've seen them, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I was like, should we just burn them or like, do we need to, my brother's like, no, I'm going to go shred them. And I'm like, really? You're going to shred all these, but yeah, I don't want anybody to find them. And I'm like, okay. Like well, if you want to, if you want to shred them. Yeah. I, I, well, it depends. I would say digitize them, but even then you're like, okay, do you want to spend that money yeah. to do that? And, yeah. you know, maybe take five, the, the, the top five and keep those. Yeah. See, I kind of wonder if that only works like when nostalgia only works when it's an accident, like only when you find that box that never was intended to be kept, but right. it was, it was hidden away in a corner. You never saw it. It was never there. You pull it out. Oh, how quaint. Right. But if you actually intended to do it, if you had saved the box, stored it, labeled it, some of those kinds of things. Yeah. Nobody'd ever look at it again. So, I'm sorry. I just, so I told you I've been binging YouTube. So yeah. every now and then I got to take a break from the unhealthy stuff. 
and I just <laughs> throw on I just throw on some comedians. Yeah. And there were a couple of comedians that I can't believe they actually were talking about the same thing, talking about remember the days of cameras when you literally had to think about whether you wanted to take that picture or not. Right. right. Because you only had 24 right. <laughs> to take. Right. And it wasn't like you could see right then and there if right. it was good. Nope. And then you had to take it to be developed and wait. And yeah. now we're at the point where we have so many pictures on our phones. Oh, I know. I know. Well, Tony says, he says, I've got a bunch of slides still in a carousel for my wife's grandmother when she died at 95, probably at least 40 or 50 years old. Right. And, and listen, there's, I looked into, there's all kinds of services now that'll, you can send it to. In fact, one of them <laughs> just ran this deal. Man, don't give them your phone number because I get a text from these guys every single day. Like, Jim, we got a deal for you. Solo Stove is the same way. Do not give them your phone number. They will text you a deal every day. But um, 400 bucks unlimited. Like, it was kind of like, hey, we're doing, yeah, you can just send us stuff. And, and wow. I don't know all the, I don't know all the details. But it was that like, there's, there's, but. So you digitize, this is my fear. Cause I thought of this too, you know, we will send them off and digitize them. And then that just becomes digital trash for yeah. like for someone else. It, and it kind of got me thinking, you know, like how long are these pictures really meaningful? Because we were seeing some pictures uh, that were like from before my dad was born. We didn't know any of those people. We're like, Oh, how cool. I think that, oh, how cool moment only works when it's an accident. Like if you save it and you've got it in an album and somebody's going through the album or, you know, or they're going through a digital, you, you get one of those digital picture frames and they're like, oh, what's that? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it could just be a stranger's picture. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't take long. I mean, maybe 60 years, right? Maybe, maybe 70 and all of a sudden, you don't know people anymore. So here's the thing. So my wife has been watching. I don't even know the name of the show, but it's the show where the celebrities go and meet the guy that tells them about their ancestors. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only thing I could think of is that in a hundred years, yeah, somebody can look up and who's this Uncle Marv guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and they may not even care. Like it's a it's a long shot that you were famous enough that they that they even care otherwise yeah but i've already got it written in my will that my youtube stuff comes down <laughs> <laughs> my social media presence will be delete deleted everything delete delete everything uh jim shoemaker says shredding is the answer if someone can't stand that then they are they're the ones to take them home digitizing it, it is not that expensive um yeah you can you can get it done that way um tony says took part in my mom's photo albums the ones with the clingy <laughs> pages to scan. Oh my gosh! Oh, like, that's, it, that was the worst. <laughs> we oh. did that to protect them, but yet we'd ruin them if we took the clingy stuff off. But yeah, you peel the thing, and it just takes all of the photo off <laughs> along with it. You might as well just use the clingy stuff to make the replication yeah. of the picture, and because it's just torn off all the. It's torn. Yeah. Well, we've got you know we have these albums from the kids. So let's let's say my oldest is 34. So let's say they're 30 years old. And at some point we may give them to him. But, uh, you know, 30, 50 years from there. So maybe it's 80 to 100 years. Yeah. 
50 years from there, like there may be pictures of us, his kids, kids, they don't, Oh, that's great. Great grandpa, Jim. And everybody's like, who cares? You know, I don't, I, yeah. So, but then you, you get digital versions of all these things. Right. And it's even worse because who's going to sit down and go through these things, you know, do you, and they just, they're taking up storage space somewhere. The right. only time it made sense. So my stepson got married uh, two years, three years ago. And we went through all the trouble of everybody gathering pictures mm-hmm. of him and his wife. And I spent hours putting together this DVD video to music. And I did her life before yeah. they met his life before they met and then, you know, when they met and the engagement and all that stuff. And we made, I don't know, 50 copies of it. And we found one in the trash. (laughs) By the way, my wife did that for my son's graduation. That's the file I lost. Oh, really? She was so pissed at me. Yeah. Yeah. And it was in a bad backup. You know, it's one of those things. It's really, yeah. Yeah, you know, you kind of like uh, okay, so that's what. Anyway. So now I could see why you're thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, I've I've some scars, but but I guess I guess the point is, yeah, I mean, we've got and now I have, um, uh, you know, I got pictures spread across Amazon and Google and OneDrive and all over the place. And do I say to my kids, you know, at some point? Now, I, I, do I have to offload these digital files to my kids and say, well, you know, you, you, can, you can consolidate all of that on Synology photos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, they have a pretty good service. It's actually a really good. Drobo had one. QNAP has one, too, where, okay. you can, where you can, you know, in all the both Google and Microsoft has in their app, they say, hey, do you want to sync your photos from your phone to our service? Right. Yep. The, the question just, though, becomes, you know, at, at what point, you know, like, so Tony's saying this. He says, he says, our kids said they don't want my, 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 my you know, my terabytes of photos, right? They don't want them. And, and it's, it's super short-sighted because someday they will. This is the hard part. Right. Like, in the moment, it's like uh, I had a. Uh, oh, I had, uh, when I grew up, when I was in high school, I had a Timex Sinclair 1000 memory, you know, membrane keyboard computer. So this is 84. I mean, they were super cool for 84 and you had to do your own programming and whatever. And I sat in a box for a while. And at one point I was like, okay, this is stupid. Why am I dragging this around from house to house to house? And I got rid of it. But 10 years later, I started podcasting on Home Gadget Geeks and I thought, you know, that'd be really cool to have that thing. Right. There's this window on this kind of stuff. And for the kids, it's when they're teenagers and maybe young adults where they just don't, they don't care at all. And then all of a sudden they do care. And so you almost got to hide it from them. Keep it hidden somewhere. And don't throw it away when you're tempted to. This is the hard part of this is, you know, don't throw it away so that you can surprise them with it when they're 35 or you've passed away and they're, at the funeral looking at pictures. Yeah. And there's, and there needs to be like a guardian of the history for the family. You know, that one person 
that is designated to keep the stuff. And when they do get to that point where they want to ask, oh, do you have, yes, I do. Yeah. Well, that's what you need AI for, right? That, that maybe this is the AI usage is you can feed all your pictures to AI and forget about it. And then you can go to the robot and say, Hey, I want a picture of my dad, you know, from this era. Can you just bring that back for me? And if it can, it'll just make it up. Okay. <laughs> you know, that'll be, yeah, that'll be Star Trek. <laughs> you know, go back and look at, all the, look at the historical records. Yeah, well, it's it. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't know what the answer is, right? I mean, you. That'll you, be the thing. Is here's the thing. So, we know that Google and all of these companies are collecting stuff on us. So why not give them that information? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that somebody can just be like, uh, "Hey, Google, do you have a picture of Jim Collison from right. 2013?" Boom! There it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, yes, yeah. I don't know if it's that easy, but the, <laughs> the 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 only caveat to that is is like you would think you know Amazon stopped doing photos, right? right? So if you had loaded those in, and at some point in time you're thinking, I mean, Google's going to purge too at some point. I mean, they're going to be like, well, I know we've said, think of Internet Archives, right? At, at archive.org. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to keep all of the world's, you know. Yeah, every data. iteration of your website. Until we can't, right? Yeah. Until they start looking at the numbers and they're like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Let's delete a couple years in there, you know. And they're the years you want, you know. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a problem. I, it, but it's not just a digital problem. I think it's also an analog problem. And you think, you know, I've I've just got, I've got a box up here of some final have some eight millimeter film and some slides and my, my brothers gave them to me, said, can you get this digitized? And oh I was goodness. like, I was like, yeah. And it's still sitting there. I think I'm going to wait for them to ask a couple times, you know, and then it may burn down in a mysterious fire. Yeah. It, you got some beta tapes up there. <laughs> yeah, You know what? The only thing I don't have are VHS tapes anymore. No VHS. Really? No, no, we didn't. We didn't. We were too poor to have a VHS camera, so we don't have any of those. They're all. I mean, we had movies and stuff, but they're all gone at this point. We we went DVD and chucked all that stuff. The the commercial stuff. We never made anything on VHS, family wise. Mm. Never had any of those, so don't have to worry about that. I have to ask yeah. my mom. She had all of our music growing up was on reel to reel tape. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and that stuff degrades. Yeah, you know. Um, Tony says uh, he says just like I scan nearly every document and receipt, but Evernote is looking a little shaky lately. <laughs> and some of these that they're that's their only copy. Yeah, yeah. You just I kind of we we have this saying here at the Collison House to when we're doing something when we're experiencing something, we say Walter Mitty it. Which means live in the moment. Like don't don't be so quick just to pull out your phone and start taking pictures of it and miss the moment by taking pictures. Like keep your eyes open, absorb the moment for what it is. Live in it because I don't think anybody else really cares about that moment but you. 
and yeah, you can take it and put it on Facebook and you get a few likes, but it goes away pretty fast. And, and, but if you didn't live in the moment, you definitely won't remember it. You know, it was just yeah. one of those things we're trying to practice a little bit more of is like, just be present. Cause a hundred, a hundred years from now, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> Literally. Unless you're now it's still, nobody cares, you know? Oh, like Ferris Bueller said, you know, life, life moves short. pretty fast. If you don't yeah. stop around and look once in a while, you could miss it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, it is. It is. We, I spend so much time trying to save all this stuff and you're kind of, it, you kind of just to bring it full circle, you kind of go, why, you know, is it really that important? I, I, maybe I should be spending that time. I'm trying to do all these backups with hanging out with the kids or the grandkids, you know, from that standpoint, enjoying the moment. So yeah. To speak. Uh, Marv, anything from a, from a future standpoint, I was going to talk a little bit about uh, Android Auto and 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 uh, Apple CarPlay, but you're not in the you're not into cars. I'm not. I just decided I'm going to keep my Jeep for another couple of years. I was yeah. starting to look at some what of the have, new. What do you vehicles. have? What kind of Jeep do you have? I have a 2012 oh, Jeep okay. Grand Cherokee. Okay, so it's ten, only, ten years old. It's only got like 115 thousand miles. And my mechanic says that thing will run for much longer than you want it to. And the interior is still good. I mean, I ordered a couple of car seat covers, but everything else is good. The mechanical. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Why am I going to go spend 60 grand on a new car or 40 grand on a used right now? And I'll just ride this out. So it's got what I need. I've got, um, Bluetooth, I can connect my phone to it, so I'm good. What do you use? What do you use for your Bluetooth? Yeah, like a Bluetooth receiver that you plugged in. Does it have an aux? No, it's it's oh, um, it's got aux, but it's got a Connect Me thing built in, so oh. it's kind of like CarPlay, okay. uh, but it's built in. I just yeah, whenever I get in the car, it just automatically connects through yeah. Bluetooth. Yeah, I I would, you know, on new cars, I might watch, just keep an eye on what's going on on the market. I just got a, uh, an email from Subaru and they were like, Hey, I have a 2021 legacy that I bought back in May of 2021. And they're like, Hey, the new 2024 is not as expensive as I thought. Like, you know, they're trying to upsell me, bring the, bring the 21 in. We'll make, you know, make a sweet trade and and upgrade you. I'm not going to do it, but. I, I had seen a price last year and this price was significantly less than last year's price. And I just kind of thought, I wonder if there's some cracks appearing in the new car. You know, you, how long can we sustain this craziness? And at what point do people say, and I know this point is when we start paying student loans back, but uh, well, at what point do we stop the madness on, you know, on some of this stuff. And I think you're smart to hold on to what you got. The madness of everything. Although Biden is going to, you know, 800 grand, you know, 800,000 people are going to, you know, get their own. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, you know, I was so torn on that because I'm both, uh, I, I I want, want to be fiscally responsible, but I also want $20,000 is a lot of money, you know, and you're kind of like, so anyways, it was not to get, I've never been political on the show. We won't start today, but, um, you know, it, it is, uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to see the, the article that I was going to, I was going to discuss with you on this basically said 
that JD Powers, the ratings, the 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 first time in 28 years that the satisfaction over in-car entertainment systems or nav systems is going the other way like it's been a constant up of satisfaction but people over the last two years are getting more and more disgruntled with their you know their their okay in in dash nav did they talk about why that is because part of me is thinking that people are probably moving back away from technology having too much technology in their vehicles is what I would see. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause obviously things like navigation and being able to connect your phone, those are the two things that we want, but everything else is probably superfluous or are people being too demanding of their in auto entertainment? Yeah. I think in, you know, I went from no entertainment. I had an 06 Honda Civic that I drove for a lot of years and to this 2021 legacy that's trying to keep up with Tesla, right? It's got this big 17 inch goes this way and goes portrait, not horizontal um, landscape. But um, it like on mine, they took away the physical and this is Oracle talks about this. They took away the physical for for the HVAC system for the temperature in there. It's digital now. It's yeah. not. Yeah, 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 yeah. And at first, I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Not cool. It's not cool. Mm. You literally, it's not cool. Like you're you get in the car, you turn it on, and they they underpowered this nav system. Like I love my Subaru, but the they severely underpowered the nav system, the chips that run it severely. And, and maybe a little bit because of the chip shortage, but whatever. And so that thing boots up and then it, it, it struggles to get to Jim Shoemaker. And I've been talking about this via email and they've done some updates. It's made it a little better, but it's still, still not great. And that, so like, if you want to change the air right away, you're pushing those buttons, which when you're starting up the car and it's super hot in there and you're trying to get the air conditioner on, doesn't really work very well. Right. I wanted physical. I I would have made I would have sacrificed to have physical buttons for for that kind of stuff. So I was thinking about this before I started looking around for the Jeep. And my thought is they're trying to put too much yeah. stuff that works with computers in their car. And I'm like, not everything has to be computerized. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah, do I want to have, you know, individual controls? Yeah, but that doesn't have to be based on the computer. And I'm my thought is right now people are complaining about how many times you have to update your freaking computer <laughs> and your phone. Yeah. If you have to do that for your car all the yeah. time, yep. that's what I would I'm like, I don't want to yeah. have to get my car updated every month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's happening, what you're talking about. That's what's happening. I mean, it's mainstream enough now that I think most people are getting a vehicle and there's been a lot of new cars purchased over the last five or six years. Right. And so I think you're the average guy is out there going, I, 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 <laughs> uh, where is, and it, it is the menu systems are incredible in this stuff. Now it does some super, super cool things. Like it can tell me the incline I'm on. I, okay. I get it. Why that's cool. But yeah. do I, do I really need to know why? You know, 
I think all I would need right now is a place to just simply dock my phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just yeah. Dock my phone. Yeah. I yeah. can do my maps there. I can do my music there. You know, if I want to do any other apps with the vehicle, I can do it if I want, but that's, yeah. that's all. Yeah. We yeah. It, it does. The phone, the phone part does pretty well all by itself. If it's just there, that actually, you're right. In a lot of ways, the apps, the ways, the, all that stuff I could do just off my phone on there. So yeah, no, I just found that interesting. A little bit of a, little bit of a backup. Um, yeah, Jim, your Jim says his 2019 Subaru Forester has a great selection of physical buttons, which I appreciate. Yeah, from we have a 16 Outback, and then I have the 2021 uh, Legacy, and in between, like Sarah still has the buttons that I want. Her screen is smaller, right? And so it's you know you kind of go and that you know. Now is the Legacy the more SUV looking of the Subarus? It's a sedan. It's the, oh, sedan. Okay. It's the sedan of the of the Subaru line. Yeah, I just saw a Subaru and it looked like a regular SUV. Whereas yeah. the Outback and the others, they look a little, they look like a small, oversized station wagon. Yeah, yeah, Outback for sure. Big and it's bigger now, but then they have one Ascent or something like that. That's their big, their big SUV. But yeah, well, it was I think interesting. I think we'll wrap it on that. It it is. Um, uh, it's interesting just to see the dissatisfaction in that uh, uh, going backwards for the first time. We've right. had 28 years of it getting better and better, better in the last couple of years. The first two years, it's backed up on it. And um, it, it'll be interesting to see where we go with that, you know. And, and they're, for the most part, they've been very unupgradable. What you buy is what you get, you can't change it. You can't. I mean, you get some upgrades. So Tesla, Tesla's different. I mean, so Tesla does a lot of version of the cars. Is what you yeah, get. exactly <laughs> what you buy is what you get in a lot of cases. What it supports and the various manufacturers support different, you know, different things uh, with it. So at different times and in different places, they go out of date pretty fast. Yeah, <laughs> really fast on some of those. And it's not like you can just buy a new unit and plug it in. You, if you want to upgrade, so be interesting to see where all that lands. Um, well, Marv, thanks for thanks for saying yes. Thanks for having an opening. Thanks for just chilling out with me tonight. I kind of needed a night just to kind of complain about backups. <laughs> <laughs> Help me get my backup scheme figured out. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. All right. What's um? You, well, I guess the big news we'll know on Monday what what you're going to do right with how will you how will we know what you're going to do with the next podcast. Uh, you know what? That I haven't figured out yet. So obviously I'll have to talk with some people about doing a, a blast for the launch and uh, I'll let you know. Okay. Okay. We'll have you back on when you figure it out. We'll have you back on in a month or two or whatever. And you can, you can update us on, on, do you think you're, you're, so you're talking about kind of doing a lifestyle podcast, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Right. Right. Like be healthier. Some of the, what do you, what do you what, like? So the, tag, the tagline is going to be live healthy, be happy. Okay. And what are you hoping for? Like what's success for you on that? So to um, be honest, yeah. it's more of, it's going to be a combination of my journey to happiness and health along with people that I've met and experts that I meet 
on all these things to literally live a truly balanced life. You know, listen, you know, you and I, we talked about before the show, our age, you know, we're at a time where, you know, maybe it's time to slow down a little. Do I have to grind so much? Right. Right. And, you know, I stopped playing ball about 10 years ago. And at the time I stopped, I'm like, I'm done. I have spent my entire life being healthy and exercising and in shape. And I'm just, you know, what it is is what it is. Well, now here I am like, you know what? I'm not quite happy with what it is. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. uh, Three years of COVID and I'm like, oh, it's not, I mean, it's recoverable. Right. But yeah, there's a few spots where I'm kind of like, oh, that's not. Not and I I told I too, I too told myself I'm not going to care, but I do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, do. You, you get there and you're like, oh. And so I've yeah, just been yeah. kind of poking around and looking. Hey, what is it that I want to do? Yeah. And do I want to go back to all the stuff I did before? No, I don't. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to work out. But you know, I can eat healthier. I can walk. Yeah. Yeah. And as I was doing my studies, I guess you would call it of you know, what's out there that people are saying. And, you know, there's a lot of people talking high level, all of this stuff and, oh, you're, you know, you're this hormone and that hormone. I'm like, look, I just need to be able to talk to people, you know, who are like me and just give it to me straight. I don't, I don't need all that scientific. Now I want to know that it's there. I don't want somebody to just be making up crap. So that's where it came from. How can I live healthier? And how can I be happy? You know, yeah. Can... Well, and I, I'm not sure healthy and happy are 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 um, are good bedfellows. I think <laughs> you get one or the other in some cases, often, or a combination. You know, I think we think. I mean, certainly being healthy is being happy, but then we want to do these things that I mean they we like they're not particularly healthy but we right. like doing them they make us happy right yeah and it's a battle i mean it's always a battle to 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 figure i it's endless we we're always thinking about we're always thinking about this and talking about it and even in my running years when i was in some of the best shape of my life i i think this idea of balance is almost impossible I, it 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 probably is yeah but Right now, I'm at the point where where I'm like, I, let me at least investigate. Yeah, let me see yeah, yeah, yeah. if it's you know maybe not necessarily a hundred percent, but can I get can I get to eighty? Yeah, you know, yeah. can I, I know, get right to on. eighty? Right on. You know, can I be a little healthier? Can I be a little happier and have a better yeah. quality of life? That's really what it is. I, I just I have a personality that I start going down that rabbit hole, and then I just get obsessed and obsessive about the healthy side of things. And then you start doing, you know, I started running and then I ran farther and I ran even farther. And then I started doing crazy things, you know, and you're like, and it wasn't bad. I had fun. I had fun doing it. I just, is it, was it, I don't know. Was it balance? Was it balance? I don't know. And that's why one of the things I'm going to do is there's not going to be a singular focus. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be like, you got to get on the keto diet. That's smart. I'm going to talk to everybody out there because first of all, we are all different. What works for you may not work for me. What works for me. And so let's just talk. And hopefully what I, I think 
what I may want to do is try to create this community of people that are just simply encouraging each other and helping each other and not necessarily judging and dictating what we have to do, you know? Yep. Yep. We have a good community here that does that. I think Uh, the folks that surround home gadget geeks, I think are, are nice that way. They have their own opinions on things. Everybody does, but it's, it's not a judge. I, 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 we get very little judgment on those kinds of things, which I appreciate. I think the word I'm changing to from balance is moderation. Okay. You know, is for me again, for me, it's like, you know, do all things in moderation. And that includes the healthy things because there's times you need to have that chocolate brownie. Yeah. Or that chocolate muffin at work. That's just a staring at you. The other day, uh, Wednesdays are um, uh, uh, gravy, biscuits and gravy in, in the in the dining in the dining room, and I, I just can't say no. But they don't do it every day, right? So one of those things, uh, you know, you kind of go and Brian does make an exception. They do judge pizza choices. So if you're certain kinds of pizzas, yes, they do. And, uh, yeah. And then Jim says one must be moderate in their moderation. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a. Uh, you know, I've gotten into whiskey over the last, you know, probably three or four years and man, during the pandemic, you know, yikes. And I've tried pulling that. I'm, no, I'm, I'm actually being super successful, pulling that back to a little more moderation in the, in the, you know, in the, in the space, it's delicious. It's just really, and I have a really good time with my kids. Like I don't, I don't do it very often outside the house. It's mostly here when the kids are here and we have a good time. Like it's those moments, right? That's those moments where you're having a good time and they'll remember and everything has a season. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) Tony says, don't look up the definition of alcohol overuse. Yeah. That's probably a good idea. Probably a good idea. Uh, Marv, thanks for coming. Can you hang tight while I close this up? Sure. Yep. Is that okay? We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. If you're joining for the first time, you made it this far through this conversation. Thanks. Like I enjoy these kinds of conversations, too. It's why I show up every week. Sometimes we talk about some things. Sometimes we talk about other. We talk about them in moderation. So it's a good way. Uh, it's a good way. If you want to join us um in our Discord group, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Good group of individuals out there. Super moderate and uh, just a couple threads a week. Uh, nothing that's too hard you got to commit to and d- lurk if you want. Again, that's theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. If you want to leave me a message, head out to homegadgetgeeks.com and uh, there's a little button down there. I just started paying for a pod page. So, um, uh, Brendan, I think that's who runs that. Yep. He, right. he, yeah, he stopped free plans. And this is one of those things like I'm a big free guy. And I was like, uh, but the, the, the pod page over at homegadgetgeeks.com is so good. Like the guy's done so much good stuff. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it for a while. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the paid plan and we'll see how it goes. You can head over there, uh, hit the, the, there's a little uh, microphone button, leave a message for me. And we'll play it here on the show. Of course, the average guy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, is powered by Maple Grove Partners. If you need secure, reliable, high speed hosting from folks that you know and you trust, and you know that's Christian, uh, check out his plans. I think they still have $10 plans available, $10 a month. 
Maple Grove Partners, all one word, maplegrovepartners.com. Christian's on next week, by the way. So if you're listening live or you're on the podcast listening the week after, come out next Thursday, the 27th. Christian will do his version of a Cyber Frontiers. We've just rolled that, Marv. That's one of those content to roll that podcast into this. It was just easier than for me trying to maintain two technology podcasts. So we just have him on once a quarter. And then Randy Walker is behind him. And I got Paul Brayer scheduled for early September. So we got some stuff going on. We'd love to have you and love to have you connect with us live. Come out Thursday nights. Big thanks to Tony and Jim Shoemaker. Brian Auer was out there. I saw Ken a little bit earlier. Joe uh, was out there. Uh, big thanks to you guys who showed showed up, shown up, showed up live, and uh, we'd love to have you do it as well. Every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, most Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, on with the Average Guy TV Live. For everybody who came out live, thanks, and uh, we'll do it again next week. With that, we'll say goodbye. Everybody.